Hello, and welcome to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast, where now and again we hurt our co-hosts' ears and our guests' ears, but it's all part of the game. Peas not popping. It's a wonderful thing. The conversation here on this podcast about sex and violence is always on knives. Cutting off the tip of your finger. About frostbite. Losing a toe. It's about bolts in the leg from a crossbow. Being sprayed in the face with sriracha while you're trying to have sex with a co-worker. It's about four dead people in a movie. Oh, wow. There are four dead people. Four dead people. All the grandparents. All the grandparents. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Gabriel Mar. I'm here, as always, with my co-host... Ryan Snyder. Hi, Ryan. How many people know you? Uh, several. Several people know me. I mean, how... Oh, how do people know? Me? Oh, they yes. said how many? No, man. I'm how, sorry. how would how would the lovely listeners, Ryan? We are up to I think like six, seven, six hundred subscribers right now. Oh, cool. Well, six hundred people know me, and how Yay. they know me is from being a podcaster, a bartender, a food truck owner, and kind of chef. Yes, sorta. Hashtag brogies. Yeah, hashtag brogies, bro. And people might know me from comedy stylings because I do comedy sometimes, and I produce these podcasts. You did stand up this week. I did stand up this week. It, it turned out pretty okay. It was all a blur. I at some point I may have offended through the neural networks of the world. I said the words I hate talking animals in movies. It was all bit, but I feel like old friend of the show Neil Heimsoth would hate that. <laughs> yeah, probably. And Ryan. Do we have guests today? We have two guests. How special are they? Very special. Very near and dear to our hearts. The most extremely special. Would you like to introduce one of them? I'll introduce the other one. Sure. Sounds good. Go right ahead. So with me to my right at my three o'clock is my lovely lady friend known as The Professor. Welcome back to the show, Professor. Introduce yourself. Thank you. Hello. Introduce myself? Yes. What's your name? What do you do? How How many people know you? Um, I'm Jenny. I work in higher education, and there's no way that anyone would know me. Okay. As uh, Phil would say, I work at Redacted. Yeah, Redacted yes. University. <laughs> yes. Redacted my, University. My mm-hmm. Everyone and knows that means Miskatonic. To my right, I get that's also three o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's my lovely wife, Michelle Monahan. Welcome back. Hello, Michelle Monahan. Hello. Hello. Eminem. <laughs> How do yes. people know you? How many people know you? Do you want people to know you? No. I no. Know. I, I no. I no. Listeners of the show might know you. Listeners of the show do know you. Oh man. Yeah, and your opinions on movies and mm-hmm. how you feel about certain movies from the '90s and you love them all. About oh, movies yes. about um about Cuba and dancing. Oh, Havana Nights. Yeah, that was the last yeah. time we had our uh, our nice mm-hmm. four person dinner. And mm-hmm. Yes. I believe you guys were. You brought the salad last time. It was the, the yeah? I'm a, I'm an aggressive you bringer of salad. Salad and so dessert. Good. Well, Ryan, like I, I know for a fact that you don't eat salad, so I figure I should do everyone a solid by bringing you a salad. I try and well, Michelle Monaghan tries to make sure I eat salad as much as possible, mm-hmm. and so you're just doing, and so does Gabe. He always yeah. tries to bring me vegetables. I'm yeah. So thankful for him for that. I do what I can. It's one of one of the many reasons I keep your husband regular. Yeah, yeah thank with you. coffee and salad. That's true. That was also my fiber thing. in the diet. Yeah. So, gang. What is this podcast? It is a punk rock movie club podcast brought to you by Top Gallant Radio. And it's currently, what kind of list is it, Ryan? The 86 list. Not 85, not 87, it's 86. 86, baby. What does that mean, Ryan? That means for the past couple weeks and the next couple weeks, we are watching movies and talking about movies that include the restaurant industry, restaurant culture, food, beverage. The life. The life. This awful little life we live as... This wonderful, say. beautiful life. Yes. 
that George Orwell wrote about in Down and Out in Paris and London. Well, you had upstage me with the intelligence, dude. Every fucking time. So what, it's, my, it's my position on the show. What I do. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ryan, you bring hey. the manliness and the vibrato, and I bring the high-pitched intelligence. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, good on you. Thanks, man. I sound like like a, like a Pixar character. You're my favorite. But a Pixar very character. smart Pixar character. Aren't they all? Except for that that fat caterpillar. Yeah. Um, Is that Gunther? Pixar? Yeah, Bugs Life. That's yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was get the, smart the crossover. In his own way. He turned into a butterfly. He was wise. That's true. Yeah. What was his name? Jenny we'll... thoughts. Mm, I don't know what you're talking about. Bugs, Bugs Life? Life. Nope. Sorry. I th- believe that was one of the first Pixar movies to have um, bloopers at the end. Yeah. It is. Oh, I like bloopers. Yeah. Fun fact, A Bug's Life is Seven Samurai. Really? Yeah. Right, still got to watch that. What's a Peasant? Samurai? Huh? What, where is that? Seven Samurai? Yeah. Oh, it's the same premise. A peasant decides to recruit warriors to defend his small town village. That did we sense. watch that? We did not watch that. It's one of Gabriel's Wasn't favorite movies. Wasn't it over at the ramen restaurant? Oh, Seven Samurai was, yes. That's what... Isn't that what you just said? Yeah, so that's what you meant Bug's Life. So you did oh. watch that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did. So you know. It's I actually know. over You know all about Samurai. Yeah, you have, you have um, friend but, of the show, Ryan Hills, for Samurai Classics by Akira Kurosawa. No, that's not his collection. Oh, whose is it? That's my uncle's collection. Oh. Mm-hmm. Go to your uncle. Yeah, he doesn't realize it's gone. Oh. So. Will he ever? Surprise. No. Yeah. That's what happens when you have four kids and a movie collection. You just forget who you gave shit out to. That's Makes what sense. you get for not listening to this show. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You would know. You should subscribe and review. I wish like you would. Like all of you. Like all of you. Yeah. Five stars. Yeah, I'm all about Ryan it. is a boob. Yeah. Gabriel is a butt. Yes. Perfect. And Michelle Monaghan's professor rule. Lovely. Lovely There you people. go. Black and roll. So we did a movie. We did a movie. Oh, what was that movie, right? The movie we Mark did this ladies. week. And hence why ladies are here. <laughs> <laughs> Five year engagement. Trailer. Trailer. Pilot, I love you. Will you marry me? This engagement party is a moment to celebrate a new future, but not without first exploring a past. I think that's enough, right? I got a letter from the University of Michigan. I got a job for two years. Two years is nothing. Really? And we'll start planning the wedding again from there. We both know I deserve to get super laid for this. Do you want me to wear a cape or something? I want the show. You get the Cirque du Soleil of shows. What's of this and this stuff? Fun. <laughs> How's Michigan? Oh, oh, it's a fire hydrant. All in all, it's an adjustment. Here's our guest list, like 600 people. No. Maybe just we. You can... don't want to get in front of this train, but. Have you two picked a date yet? Not yet, but within the year. Congratulations, you've been promoted. You're going to be with us for a few more years. Can't wait to tell Tom. You this told me that it was going to be two years. It's sort of like when you're on a treadmill and you tell yourself, I'm going to run five miles today, and now it's forever miles. When was the last time you were on a treadmill? Sorry. This is supposed to be exciting. This is your wedding. You only get a few of these. Well, I wonder. Of course, the men will wear yarmulkes. Babe, you don't have a yarmulke. I have a hold. It's in my Jewish drawer. I don't think we can figure out all of our problems before we get married, but I promise you that I will just love you every step of the way. Violet, ah! so please, baby, oh. please love. And 
ideas when this wedding might happen? Grandparents do have a tendency to die. Mom, they're all right there. Not for now. This is why we do not delay weddings. The five-year engagement. What a cute little flower girl you'll be. I'm Pocahontas. Great trailer. Oh, great, trailer. great trailer. CeeLo Green sings in it, except, you know, CeeLo Green is occasionally kind of a pig. But, you know. Oink, oink. He apparently also couldn't handle his back tattoo, famously. Really? Yeah. What a bitch. I know. Come on, CeeLo. You got one right in your sternum like a man. Yeah, and my God, did I, like, squirm and almost cry? It really, really hurt. Yeah. But all you did was tell me. It was like, man, it hurt. A lot. A lot. And... You weren't CeeLo. Yeah, and I was soaked in sweat. Good man. Yeah. He's going to find you guys. Ah, See, honestly, if CeeLo Green wants to take me down, bring it, buddy. <laughs> he, he won't. He's too crazy. Yeah. Uh, solid. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so we did this movie. It is The Five-Year Engagement 2012, directed by Nicholas Stoller and written by Nicholas Stoller and Jason Siegel. Um, Michelle Monaghan or the professor, as or well both. as a pleasure, or both of you, you can trade words or sentences. You can play popcorn. What is this movie about? You want to start, Jenny? No, you go ahead. Or professor, Ooh. professor, what a start. Um. Hmm. Well, it's about this man and woman who get engaged, and she. Her relationship to academia is rather unclear throughout a good part of this movie, but apparently we are supposed to understand that she is pursuing a postdoc at the University of Michigan. Don't know what that means. A, so a postdoc being she completed her PhD, and so she applies for a position at a university that's like a one to two year teaching slash research position. That's what it's supposed to be. So without commenting what it actually is portrayed as in this movie, that's what it's supposed to be. And so she is dating slash engaged to a sous chef. Mm-hmm. Sure. And um, they decide because apparently they can't be apart for two years that he is going to pass up on this opportunity to get a head chef position at a restaurant, move with her to Michigan, Mm -hmm. which is apparently all snow, according to this movie, and And live there and grow disturbing facial hair and hunt as their relationship deteriorates. How much of this am I supposed to tell? Oh, you're you're going well. And so they're there, increasingly unhappy. He's unable to communicate. Apparently, even though she's studying psychology, she can't communicate very well either and the whole thing just blows up she kisses uh, her professor kisses her Reese funds yes the creepy older professor the and leg the lizard and she the leg oh from upper placements i yes. sorry don't mind us no that's fine um so she and then she like blames it all on him although she did not push him away for a significant amount of time. So on like the eve of their wedding, she confesses this kiss. And of course, he's very upset. The guy shows up. They get into a fight. They split up. She ends up with the creepy professor. He moves back to San Francisco, which is where they started. Hooks up with this very much younger woman. Dakota Johnson. Yes. 
her. And they date for a while, ill-fated relationships, lots of grandparents die. Mm. And the final grandparent death, they reunite, and then they have this high-speed wedding in San Francisco in the end. Totes adorbs. Very good. Very mm-hmm. solid. Very concise. Yeah. It's almost as if you like summarize books and tell people about it for a living. living. Yeah. yeah. What a what a what a wild world. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a, that'd be a good track for you. Thank you. So Michelle Monahan, I want to address this to you. Actually, both of you. Uh, Ryan and I are known lovers of this movie. And I walked in on a conversation that I must I should probably should not have been privy to. So what are your thoughts on the five-year engagement, Michelle Monaghan, um, with invited pickups from Professor? Uh, so I thought that, like, the idea of the movie was really good about, like, the internal struggles that go on within the industry, because I kind of got a heads up before we started this that that was what a lot of this was about. Um but you've seen this before, right? Uh, once, a long time ago. We saw it at the drive-in. Yes. Yeah, when we first started dating. Yeah. Yeah. That was like right when we started dating. And Ryan was, what were you doing then? I was cooking. Yeah. Ryan was was a cook? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I was a line cook at this point. I was getting my bachelor's degree in psychology at that time. Do I sense a parallel? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. (laughs) So, I mean, it, it hit those points, I think, really accurately that in a relationship, in an industry relationship at least, Someone kind of, in our relationship at least, I I feel at times, someone kind of always has to um, make a sacrifice. Like, we're always making sacrifices for each other. I guess that's part of marriage and being in a relationship where, like, I'll say, I need to go back to school. And so Ryan will be like, okay, well, we'll, I'll pick up something a little extra because I'm in the industry and I can do that. Yeah, I'll pick up extra shifts. So he'll, he'll take care of that. So I think they did really well at portraying that. I didn't like the other aspects of it, though. I thought that it really villainized yeah. um, psychology in some ways because she like was, specifically psychology. I yeah, because she was really using like as we were watching the movie, I'm like, she's using that for evil. She's she's like using. Her... I use bartending for evil. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I feel like sometimes that's a good thing though. When you're like, haha, I'm gonna put a little extra in this drink and like mess somebody up a little bit <laughs> oh no it's the other way around it's oh. you put a little less in a drink to make someone waste their money oh okay also if someone's being I've, too drunk i've done the opposite you uh, definitely dose someone oh yeah it's a trick i learned from big red um oh. where you put a little bit of liquor in the straw yeah to a drink great great so oh, that way what they're bitching about how strong their drink what? is you put the liquor in first, like, oh man, that's strong. Then they go back for three, third, and fourth sips, and their brain's already tricked into the thinking that it's yeah, a strong they taste drink. Yeah, not something you do currently. Well, no. if someone deserves it. Yeah, if someone deserves it. The other it's trick, justice the other big red trick is putting vodka in red wine because it gets oh, you yeah. fucked up and you don't notice the taste. God, mm-hmm. that's awful. But and I, yeah, it's, it's just, asshole tax. Yeah. The same thing with like I, I was telling you about um. Someone with uh, the, the asshole tax with bread. Somebody asks for, you know, extra bread. It's mm-hmm. normally free and on the house. But if yeah. someone's being an asshole, it shows up on your bill as a dollar. Mm-hmm. It's an asshole tax. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I mean, like, we're, we we never do it to someone who doesn't deserve it. So always be nice to the people. Yeah. Always, don't, in you. general, Just be nice. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. Generally Just be speaking. A, be a good person. Yes. Sorry I interrupted you. No. Um, but that's... Uh, she was 
really internalizing a lot of the stuff that she was using in the movie, like her experiments and things that she was doing, she was doing on him. And that's really not something you should ever be doing because you know, like you're biased to that and what you're supposed to be seeing, what you're not supposed to be seeing is, is really there. So I didn't like that part of it. I didn't appreciate that kind of, um, the love story I think was really good that you can go across time and like there can be absences and you can still be in love with someone. So that was really refreshing. But as far as like the intricate details of it, I think I kind of had a problem. No, I mean like, yeah, don't, don't hold back. You don't straight up like it. Say straight up don't like it. Well, I, it was kind of a middle ground. Mm -hmm. Like I thought the story was really good and like the parts that they hit were really nice because I do feel like they were true to a lot of the emotions that go on. But I also felt that, like, what the professor had said earlier about, like, school being portrayed in a different way and um, them talking about psychology and, like, this negative light. Like, we're going to experiment on these people because we think they're dumb. Mm -hmm. Like, people who take the donut for the yeah. experiment, they're they're kind of like a waste of space. Like, they don't make good choices and they're emotionally, but like... But Mindy Kaling also has them. <clears throat> And also, yeah. at the part of the turnaround of it is that she also eats the donuts. That is true because she's sad in that moment, though. Yeah. So she thinks that all people who do that are just sad and depressed. Which is that even is that even an accurate thing? Maybe so, you're just hungry. Professor thoughts. Right. Yeah. Maybe you just Maybe like you're donuts. just hungry just right like now. <laughs> like I'm sitting donut. in a library. I will yeah. eat a brick if it's <laughs> there, and I've been there all day. The one thing I, I was thinking about before I watched this movie uh, again because I've seen this numerous times and. I wanted to bring it up for specifically because you two are here. It doesn't really show the 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 absence created by being married to slash dating someone in the industry. I think it's more of Jason Siegel's character making sacrifices for her and her job. But I, from coming from your two viewpoints, the sacrifices you have to make when you know we're not around. You know, Friday, Saturday night comes around and you're going to parties alone. That I don't think that's like accurately or even portrayed at all. It's in this not movie. at all in there. It's well, just it kind like... of is. So when she's walking back and forth to the, the door to look for her letter, he's never present. And when they're looking at venues for their wedding, he's never present. So yeah. like they, but then look at it the other way. So he's doing it. Yeah. He's yeah, doing it by himself and with his friends later on in the movie. Mm -hmm. So there's an absence from both angles, but it's, I don't think it's an emotional beat of the movie. It's not, yeah. it's not very important. It just happens to be coloring of the movie. Of Professor, your thoughts on what it's like on being an industry significant other? Hmm. Well, yeah, early on you were definitely absent. Like, I think in the early months of us dating, you know, I'd see you like two nights a week. So, um... Yeah, I think that definitely wasn't in this movie at all. Like that in a way that was really highlighted because I think his absence from those moments that you mentioned where he's not there when she's checking the letters. I don't think that's anything that's going to really register with a viewer, right? Because it's not necessarily odd. You know, it's like the during the day. Like, yeah, yeah it's uh, – I think the, the times where you really feel that absence is in the times where – maybe more like traditionally someone would be home, which would be in the evenings and on the weekends. And those are the times when someone who works in the industry is gone, most yeah. typically. Well, Professor, if I can ask you, mm -hmm. you have been through the 
academia kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you felt very vocally about the inconsistencies. So um, I know uh, Michelle Monaghan, you have, what, 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 up to what degree do you have? Every have master's. Every master's. So mm -hmm. you've been through the rigmarole. Mm -hmm. Ryan and I have not. I only finally recently finished my bachelor's degree in film, which is basically bartending. So, um, what, like, apparently for me and Ryan, like, I, this is all news to me. I'm like, you guys are like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, is it? Gosh, yeah, I, I have you no idea. Go and learn and take a test. And, that's and you the sit on a, you sit on a mahogany <clears throat> table and two people, one of them balding, one of them like wearing pearls tells you, you got the job. Yeah. That for me, like, I, but I, I guess on the other hand, Ryan, you and I watching movies or anyone does a shitty job bartending, we're like, oh, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it, right? When you, if you're watching a movie that's portraying bartending and it just fundamentally misrepresents what it's like, I mean, I imagine you would kind of get distracted by that misrepresentation, yeah. like it fundamentally, right? like, at its core, yeah. misrepresents the entire like, process. That's just not even how that works. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I, that's, I think one of the, I kind of, I didn't like the movie, but I also think I may have gotten really hung up on up those on things where, like, a thing that I've spent so much of my life in is just mm. getting misrepresented to the point where I can't even recognize what she's actually doing, clearly. Um, it seems like they just did a little bit of research to figure out what a postdoc actually is and what the reality of that is. Um, that would have gone a little, a little bit could have gone a long ways on that. So I found myself distracted by that in the movie, just by how wrong that seems. I, for, I couldn't tell whether she was applying for a job or whether she was applying to be a graduate student or whether she was applying to have a... Then I figured out she had a postdoc, but that made no sense because they portray her as being in class as a student and you're not a student as a postdoc. And so that was just all strange to me. It was mm -hmm. all just very, very strange. It's your and world. And it's not to the point in many ways about what the movie's like, but maybe it is because it's about like the different lives they have and like the different like areas in which they work. And so just like not portraying hers in an accurate way. I think that's what's funny about it is that, Ryan, so you're the one who's actually worked in kitchens. I've just worked front of house basically mm -hmm. my entire industry life. Do you feel that this movie accurately represents kitchen life? Uh, for the brief areas it glosses over, yeah. It's like, hey, I gotta, like, I mean, he has to leave the line. I mean, if you gotta leave the line, like, you better have a fucking good excuse, but his cousin is running the line, so you're gonna get an easier time getting off. That's the only kind of quibble of, like, hey, you're working, like, on a night and you need to leave? Like, all right, go take your fucking phone call, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You'll get made fun of when you come back, as he does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also don't think the food truck, but I don't think the food truck thing was accurate. They kind of gloss over that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, this is supposed to be like his epitome of what he wanted to do is to own his own business. But they're like, here's this old ambulance. Yeah, We're he never gonna... talked about like tacos being a passion. Yeah. But again, um, like out west, taco trucks are a big thing. So maybe it's just sure. like, yeah, maybe I'll jump into this taco and, and truck he game. names his taco specials after some of his life in Michigan. Yeah, the Wolverine in a mm -hmm. medicine thing. The donut hole. Donut hole. Yeah, that part. That part did bother me in that though. because just and I feel like you not with your food truck journey though. Like I and being part of that, it was never something that was so easy. Like he just went and they were like, "Here, we have this old ambulance. There is a little bit of blood on it, but like you just have to clean yeah, it. Yeah, put some like, elbow grease into it and sell some tacos, <laughs> asshole. Like <laughs> gut it out and sell tacos, and everyone's happy and everybody loves your tacos. Mm -hmm. And there's a big long line. Like that's not Instantly. the reality of that. Like mm -hmm. you're not. 
I mean, unless his tacos are made out of like gold and he's selling weed and I'm like, I'm sick. That's California, baby. I don't know. It was, I don't know, like the portray like of that was a little off-putting. So you touched upon why you didn't like the academic area of it with the psychology. So I'm going to pose the other question to you about what is it like for you being married to the industry? Do you really want me to answer that? Yeah, I asked yeah. it. Give an honest question. This honest is a show thing. about you, truth. I think we're part of the truth. You've been doing this with me for almost a decade. Yep. A, a majority of our time together, I have worked in restaurants. Yep. There, were, there was only a, a two-year span where I kind of didn't. Mm-hmm. What did you do then? Uh, well, I was construction and the hotel, but the hotel oh, yeah. quickly became like bartending food. and cooking like mm-hmm. really quick. Yeah. No, it's, it's super difficult. Um, you like, like the professor had discussed is you really, you're giving up. hmm, That's not the right term. You're sacrificing certain things that maybe you thought were really important to you, like family time, um, to make sure that you have like a, a life, I guess you could say. So, um, you are by yourself at a lot of birthday parties. You are, um, home alone a lot. Um, I've become a great cook for Dang. being married into the industry. Um, I have friends that are just coming in and starting to date the industry and it is, and I tell them all the time, like, it's really difficult. Like you go to where your partner or your husband works and I sit at the bar and you either take it two different ways where you can either sit there and watch like the women kind of flaunt themselves and try to pick up your husband and you're like, Oh, okay, I'll take that. It's fine. Like they're paying my rent. Um, or you look at it as like, that's mine. Stop looking at it. Don't touch it. (laughs) Um, like a little kid uh, in daycare, like it's kind of, well, you have to decide what type of person you want to become when you're in it, when you're dating industry, whether you're going to be someone that is very jealous and who doesn't like, um, the, like just the whole aspect of it or someone who accepts it and is just like, okay, like this is his job. This is what he has to do. Um, he takes care of us and this is how he does that. Um, and then then the benefits though. Yeah. So not having to pay cover at bars, getting free drinks, getting food sent out to you at other restaurants. Excuse me. But I can, I can say to that is that I would a hundred percent give that up if, if it Ryan, meant I was home more. Yeah, if Ryan was uh-huh. home more. Like, right now, we don't have any children. So that's the other really good thing is that we don't have kids. Podcast world, we have no kids. But, um, <laughs> I figure it would have come up by now. Yeah, yeah like, we, we don't have any kids. So right now, it's okay. But in a couple of years, when our kids are five or six and they want to plan their birthday parties on Saturday nights and have their friends sleep over, that's going to become a different conversation. That's when Ryan becomes a liquor rep. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, when Ryan much. has a very different job. I've always said you either die a bartender or see yourself live long enough to become a rep. Yeah. Exactly. Because you get, get the minis. Yeah. Changes you. That's, I, honestly, that's what right. happens to a lot of like bartenders no, who, have, who start families. Have a nine to five, they you become a switch rep. to be reps. Yeah. And it's, 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 you're basically still industry. However, now you're wares. Now you're, now, now you're an adult. Exactly. They have to wear a tie. <laughs> Unlike us, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, I, I respect the hell out of the raps because most of them oh, are no, like, oh, I, I was a craft cocktail bartender for 10 years and then my wife got pregnant. Like, yeah, oh, okay. So that's how this mm-hmm. happens. I've liked every rep I've met. Yeah, me too. It, it seems like not a bad gig to have. I figure like if I was trapped in this life forever, which I wouldn't hate, 
I would want to I'd rather get into like being Bev director or something. If you join management rather than being a grunt, yeah, management is a kiss of death. Yeah, management is a trap. We were talking about it during waiting. That it's like no, Justin Long, don't join management. Mm-hmm. That's when you become the enemy. Yeah. Slash, you're working exactly as hard, if not harder, for less pay and more responsibility. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looks better on the resume, but yeah, no, I, it sucks. I, I could have managed multiple places. I just don't want to do it. Double-ended sword. I manage sometimes at my restaurant, and like only like when like two or three other people above me are like can't do it, and then I I call it my babysitting shift. Uh-huh. So I just come in and I hang out with whoever's working, and just don't do anything. And then at the end that of the night, awful. I'm so just like, like fourth in line to the throne. Yeah, and I'm I'm not I'm not trying to climb up at all. You're like it's Harry? just fun when I come in because then I'm like. Yeah, you guys know what you're doing. Like, I'm just here to open the drawer for you and then Make close sure everything out at the end of the night. And it's like, all right, guys, um, tonight, since I'm in charge, everyone gets double shift drink. Yay! <laughs> We're like, oh, I love when you manage. We're like, me yeah. too. It's pretty I dig it. No, but yeah, it it's, it's hard. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's a difficult... And then you have to... There's a lot of... ask you, like, well, why don't you join him on the food truck? Why don't you do... Um, why don't you work in the industry? And then it's like, well, so I'm supposed... Like what happened in the movie? So I'm supposed to give up those things so that I can spend more time with you. Like that's very difficult. That's hard to ask somebody. Yeah, that's, that's, that seems like an unfair thing to we, request of someone. Like we've narrowed life. down like our day. Yeah, our day is Sunday. Sunday, so like that's a day where like we are together mm-hmm. all day, and then <laughs> usually the days that I don't work, it's you know you work all day, and then we come home, have dinner together, watch a movie, like hang out. Before so I mean, there is time, but it's. It's the normal people of the world who like to schedule things on, like, a Friday night or a Saturday. Like When I left Friday, Saturday nights, I was like, like, Jenny was very glad to have me. And I was very, very horrified to discover I needed reservations. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was genuine. Like, like, we were hanging out one of my first nights not working a weekend. I was like, let's go to dinner. Where do you want to go? And she, like, laughed. I was and like, I, it's Saturday night. We don't have a reservation. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, like, as that. opposed to, like, being off on a Sunday. It's like, yeah, we can get in. Yeah. I know Sunday, the guy working Tuesday, behind the bar. Yeah. I just, he just waltz right in. And it's like, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to admit, I think early on when we were dating, it was an advantage that you were working the strange hours because I don't like to move things quickly along mm-hmm. and I like my space and I have my life. And so I honestly think the fact that I could only see you a couple nights a week worked for me and my personality. And now I've grown on you like a barnacle. No, no. Yes. Um, scrape me off. Yeah. But I think that it sounded really dirty. <laughs> that sounds painful. Hellraiser. But I think when you left that position, then there was that moment where you were thinking about taking a job where you would have been working Friday night, yeah, Saturday well, I, I was... night, and Sunday. Yeah. And I was not you, happy. You very, very politely okay. requested me to think about it. Yes. To just... Because I thought, I'm never going to see you again. Yeah. You know, it's with my schedule. Because I think before when I was in a professorship position, it wouldn't have been such a big deal because I had a lot more flexibility with my hours and when I worked and where I did it. And and I think that would be a lot more accommodating. But moving into administrative position and working very fixed, like, regular work hours Boo. i know which i'm not adjusting well to <laughs> even though i've been doing it for almost two years mm-hmm. um and that was really different and so i think it would be a lot harder from that yeah 
Well, we make it work. Guys, we're running a little bit long, about just the right amount of time, actually. But let's do some last thoughts on the movie. We've been actually having some very engaging talk. I'm glad yep. we have about the restaurant in life, which is kind of the purpose of the 86 list. Yep. But um, aside from... Oh, yes, yes, Professor. I have a question. Yes, miss. Why did he have to move to begin with? What do you mean? Well, I mean, Where? it was just a two-year postdoc. Well, he wanted right? to. Like, he loved her. He loved her. No, but there's... Like, he thought it would be an easy thing to, yeah. yeah. There's... Skype. Well, he also did. I think if he had one of my known. friends is dating somebody in Texas. Yeah. Like, they've been for what? See, two years. And she yeah. has summers off and long winter breaks. I, and I, I think if he had point. known about the clam bar job, he would have suggested that. But then for him, because it's, like, it's like, oh, no big deal. Two years in and out, I can get, I can come back to San Francisco mm-hmm. and become a, a top chef again. Yeah, but in that him. moment when she brought that up, he wasn't he like, well, let me go back and have a conversation, like. Couldn't he have still taken the clam? He kind of rolled I, over pretty quick. I yeah. also think, I think though, he's being a martyr. If if that was me, though, I can almost guarantee you that Ryan would go with me. So if I said to him, "Hun, I I got into which almost happened." Yes. So when I first started looking at schools, originally I went up to a school in Connecticut that works strictly with autistic kids, and I was. And very invested in getting this position. I really wanted it. And Ryan and I sat down and had this conversation. He was like, well, I'll just get a job in Connecticut. Like, he didn't even think twice about it. He was just like, I'll just go with you. Like, I'm, I'm fine with going. Our gigs. So, yeah. And that's... We, we could live anywhere and work. And that's exactly what I think he was thinking, was that there's going to be restaurants mm-hmm. in Michigan. I can make, I can get a job. I'm this really well-known chef in here in San Francisco. I almost had a head... Um, chef position in a new bar or a new well it was like the clam bar but a new restaurant and like sitting there and saying like I can do this anywhere and thinking that that would be perfectly fine when in reality there was nothing there because yeah, everybody goes to market. all those, yeah, it right. goes, also goes to all those restaurants and he gets shut down at every corner right but I think it's part of part of Tom's character is that he inherently rolls over and he's also a bit of a martyr mm-hmm. he's willing to be like yeah that's fine when in reality he's actually just he's not communicating he's deliberately harming himself because he thinks it's being a good thing to do which I think the movie addresses really well I think like I sort of always like I really like Sarah I forget I really like forgetting Sarah Marshall mm-hmm. I think that Jason Siegel despite when he's writing these rom-coms I don't know where he's been lately he's really good at writing these genuine argument scenes about where it's about couples actually communicating with the real anger and the real passive aggression to it and you see that it, Tom's just as at fault because you, you don't see him try to get another job. He just kind of settles in at Zingerman's and kind of sulks and pouts and, t- and just settles into mm-hmm. it rather than like, like Violet's to- right. Mm-hmm. He could have he could have started a food truck any time. He could have started his own restaurant and he has that long pause where you see him sulk where he just wants to be right and not mm-hmm. actually follow her advice, which is sound. So I, I think, like personally, I think this is a really, in, really well, besides the inaccuracies, I, which I never knew about. I just love this movie. Mm-hmm. I just think this is this is a this is a this is a steel trap of a movie of really really great character writing, and it runs a little long, but I think every character is likable and everything structurally it is perfect. Appeasing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, dig, I, I, I dig it. It's a movie that once I first saw, I loved it. Um, why do you love this movie, Ryan? Because I know, like, I think early on, you and I were like, "Oh, I love that movie too." Yeah, it's just a, it's like I'm normally not a rom com guy, like whatsoever, mm-hmm. and this one just like me. Yeah, this just hits some points for me. Good dialogue, good characters, uh, characters that are relatable, obviously. Yeah, um, that's probably why I like it so much. But yeah. 
I, I like Emily Blunt's character. Doesn't it like all these? I things like that she has her accent. Yeah, me too. I wish you had an accent. I wish I had an accent too. I like your voice. <laughs> Say it in English. Yeah, bite me. Bite me. That's rad. No, <laughs> no. I'm, I I think I really like Emily Blunt. This is the movie that got, like I really liked her in Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, I think she's the mm-hmm. best part of that movie. Mm-hmm. But against Emily, girl. against the uh, Anne Hathaway and Meryl Streep, she's the best. And stand the tooch. Mm-hmm. She's the best part of that movie. Mm-hmm. And this is the movie where I'm like, oh, I'd follow Emily Blunt to the end of the world. I'll yeah. watch anything she's in now, except for mm-hmm. Gulliver's Travels. Mm-hmm. She should have been Black Widow. Yeah, oh, she yeah. should have. She would have been a good Black Widow. Yeah. What was it? Gulliver's Travels prevented that, right? Yeah, contractually. She was not allowed to take the gig because of Gulliver's Travels. Damn. Which is a real shame. Yeah, some yeah. Yeah. Um, Jenny, your last thoughts on this movie. You didn't really care for it. Not so much. But I would be willing to try to watch it again and not get so hung up on the things that they get that wrong just... about your career? Yeah, yeah. That, that and, would bother me. And not get so hung up on just trying to figure out what she exactly is in this. Which doing? Uh, yeah, what is she like, doing? Uh, if, if I saw a movie where a bartender character is just like, I don't know, what's a dumb thing he'd be doing? Like, like what is shaking just like everything. Fundamentally if he, wrong if about. he was making yeah. tequila sunrises with like gin. Yeah. Like, what there the you go. Yeah. I'd, I'd be she, like, they didn't even bother. For me, it's just like throughout tequila sunrises with gin mm. that she was making. The whole movie. It's like, whiskey up, please. <laughs> and they give it to like a rocks. What it's like, you you're, you're, you're not trying? Yeah. yeah. I, I make like, sense. Getting right out of like chef school and being like, you're a head chef now. You yeah. know everything about the kitchen. You're yeah. perfectly fine. Oh, I love those dudes. They always get smacked down so quick. Cool. <laughs> right, because yeah. you know that that's not real. Like mm-hmm. that's not something that really happens. They never really, they don't make it. They don't get chosen for tenure. They don't get like yeah. all of those things. Like that's not real. Like, yeah. Do you know what the kid out of uh, culinary school usually gets to do? Cut onions. Dishes? Yep. Did I say cut onions? Yeah. Wait, is it dishes or cutting onions? Cutting onions. Ugh, I hate cutting onions. Like, oh, you graduated culinary school. Cool. 50 pound bag over there. Get to it, stupid. Yeah. Aww, do you know how bad your hands would smell? Yeah. All the time. You just smelled awful when you came home from there. I think yeah. you shower in like lime stuff. you make a Gabriel shower? Like, are you going to get some from a bar shift? Mm. I smell pretty okay normally. Yeah. Oh my God, you're He's nice. A sweet smelling man. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan comes in the room and I'm like, Go away from me. Like Take a pen with like liquor yeah. smell. No, I I don't, I really smell too bad. For me, like the worst I'll smell is after like a lot of like after a really sweet exercise, I'll smell kind of like chlorine. Mm. But yeah. normally I smell pretty okay. Dang. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one day I'll let you like <laughs> smell <laughs> right. I mean, Ryan, go over and see that's a, see that's the professor. Okay. Yeah. yeah so you that, Give that, her a big hug. Should we even wash my clothes? <laughs> like, I my work clothes in the same with anything else because it's so. Sacrifices for the industry. It smells like juniper and bo. Lovely. Mm. No, it just smells like mop water. Yeah, mop water. Mm. What do you know? You know how hot that basement gets. Oh god, you do. And then mix in liquor. Soaked in sweat. It's so gross. It's bad. I'm gonna. I'll I'll let him. I'll be like, go ahead over into the professor. Give her a big old hug. Wonderful thing. Um, um, I don't think we could do our tests for this. Um, We're having a special occasion night, so let's go to break, and then we'll be right back with our new favorite game, Hero Nada. A hero. Daniel, do your th- fucking thing, whatever. Hey, everybody. My name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant radio show. Do you like movies? Good. I like movies, too. But the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good. Because in Slow Readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you like reading? 
Hate it. I've always hated it. Every episode covers a different book, such as Animal Farm. Um, I was also making ties with another empire. Uh oh. Um, the Sith. Because yep. Uh, basically, uh, the Emperor Palpatine was Napoleon. <laughs> Blackwater. Oh my God! This this book is so painful. Yeah. I had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. What th- I know what that's like. And surely our... you were in a car that landed in black water. Yeah, I do. I know. I fucking killed a woman. You fought. Like this. Uh... <laughs> you... Oh, okay. Never mind. Um, Wrong side. Do you not like reading books? Well, that's also okay because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes. Join me, your host Daniel. She's like a pretty intelligent kid. Cause like her reaction to that is like, you never read the giver? You work in a bookstore. And and I and I was like really close to just snapping her just going like, listen girl, I read a lot of other books, okay? <laughs> and my co-host Gabriel Mara, who co-hosts Sex and Violence. You love that guy, right? On air challenge, slow readers exclusive. Slow readers exclusive. Can Gabe fit Gone Girl possess? <laughs> Then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? Let's hear it. No. But our one run-in with the police. I took a breath to start. I'm like, no. No, no. Not going that way. We're not a political podcast. Nope. Uh, We're just just milk-chugging right-wingers, though. (laughs) Milk-chugging? And books. Into the water. Pledged. Feral to arms. The magicians. Wise book. Ethan from. An object of beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying sex and violence. The hot-ass top gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff and then when you're done with that go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck to the throat area and then go ahead and give slow readers a spin go search itunes and search up the name slow readers check us out slow readers comes out every monday you can also check us out on twitter at top gallant radio hello and welcome back from break hi ryan hi gabriel Hi, Michelle Monaghan. Hey. Hi, Professor. Hi, Professor. Ever have a good break? Good break. Good yeah, no, great, great break. Great break. Hi, what's this is a really awesome break. Yeah, boy. I stretched all of my legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. Everything's good. I dig it. So, Ryan, it's that time what again? time is it? It's time to play Hero, hero Not, not a, a Hero. I'm excited to play this. Yeah, this is fun. Hero Not a Hero is our game here at Sex and Violence where we bring up fictional characters and sometimes real life characters to our very own Ryan Snyder who will designate designate them either a hero or not a hero. And how did this game come about, Ryan? Uh, I watched the movie Mask with Michelle Monaghan, and after watching the movie, I went on a tirade. I believe it was you. I originally went on a tirade too. Yeah. That on the cover of the DVD, it designates him a hero, and I do not feel that Rocky Dennis is a hero. He does nothing heroic in that movie. He's a nice guy, but there is no point and no designation of hero. Just because he's just because. And he's so kind. Just because you have got a fucked up face does not make you a hero. Just because you help blind kids doesn't make you a hero. I kind of yeah, as I said before, uh, I used to I used to coach the special needs. I am not a hero. I'm just a guy doing a nice thing for. I think you're a hero. Right? No, absolutely not. I'm yeah. just saying. I'm calling you out. You're <laughs> Thank you. I agree with that. You're a dick. <laughs> oh, okay. Out of love. It was out of love. Okay, I'll take. Sure. It. <laughs> I okay. That adds oh, it for I me. So Rocky Dennis is not a hero. Last okay. week. Uh, who was it? Who it was, was it? That was a late recording. Yeah, it was a late recording. I, I I was very very foggy by the end of it. We ended up at we ended like at two a.m. It yeah. was late. Sorry, it's a bad one. Jenny, chime in here. As I was telling you about the premise of this show, yes. and you told me something I found interesting. 
Yeah, I agree with Ryan. <laughs> I mean, I agreed with Ryan so much that he, that Gabe was explaining me mm-hmm. this, the premises came to me as we were walking up to your apartment. And I was so distracted by it that I just walked right in your apartment without even knocking on the door. It's <laughs> quite all right. Much to like Gabriel's dismay, I think he was a little startled that I, I just that. threw open the door and walked yeah, in. Yeah, I'm like, oh, don't yeah, lie. Okay, yeah. well, that's fine. Was... It's like I always text before I come in. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll see the door open. I'll still text. And I'm like, I'm here. Mm. <laughs> Let me in. We have arrived. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny is the alpha. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm very down with it. Um, so, yeah. So I think I, so as I was explaining to Gabe and so, so Gabe was telling me about Ryan's very narrow, rigid definition of heroism. And it was like, Armstrong, it makes sense not to a me. Hero. I was like, yeah, yeah, not a hero. Charlie Bronson, most violent prisoner in England, <laughs> hero. Yes. All right. So standing by it. Let's yeah. so let's play the game. Um, I believe Ryan, you are going to be on a team with Jenny, explaining why these people are not heroes or why they're heroes. I mean, Ryan and I are each our own person, so That's we true. could diverge. We should. Mm-hmm. That sounds good to me. Um, yeah. And Michelle Monaghan, do you have at least one for me? I, I have three. Oh, facts, fantastic. Okay. I, have I may not know who all these people are, especially okay. if there may be references. Sure. Sure. That's fine. You can t- you can always pass. Okay. I, there was one brought up to me last week who I didn't know, and I just yeah. passed. Then okay. I Sonya Blade. I'm like, really? Well, I don't, I don't know. I know Sonya Blade, but I didn't know. Enough about enough the character's backstory. Okay, so Michelle Monaghan, would you like to start with your very first character for hero, not a hero? So I was going to ask about Beetlejuice. Oh, please explain. Who is Beetlejuice? Give us a little bit of a breakdown. Okay, so how I see Beetlejuice, because how I portray that movie is, um, well, it's a movie. I don't know what year it was. Eighty-eight. Okay, so. That, that was impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is, so he pushes um, like the living kind of, I guess you could say, out of a home that the newly dead couple are living in at that time. So this this really nice couple die and they, they own this home and their ghosts are sent to the attic and they're trying to figure out ways to get... Um, Baldwin and a Davis. Yes. Hell yeah. So they're trying to figure out ways to get this living family out of their home. So they call upon Beetlejuice, who's very villainized in it, that he's like this he's awful... A human exorcist. Yes. So he's like this Bio awful... Bio-exorcist. Bio-exorcist. Creature. Correct. And he's like really like kind of like... The incomparable Michael Keaton. Yeah. He, he's so funny. And like yeah. his makeup is so good. Mr. Like Mom to Beetlejuice to Batman. He's the best. So, so... I find him very interesting. And I thought about him because is he like a hero because he's really helping people that are unable to help themselves like he's giving these ghosts a way to get the living out of their home like he's he's helping them do that stuff so does that make him like a hero of the underground world um or is he not a hero because he's actually the villain and he's he's scaring living humans into being scared of the dead essentially and that they don't they can't have this relationship that they both can't be in the same place in the same time frame oh so like that's why i thought of him because i was like oh so in the movie the first time i saw it was like well this guy's a dick like he's just an asshole like i don't like his character and then you watch it again you're like actually maybe he's like the good guy might have a point like ryan jenny beetlejuice bio exorcist hero not a hero. I mean, I've never seen the movie. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Halloween's um, phenomenal. Watch it. Okay. Um, but that's a, I like, that's a really interesting selection because the question is like, it, it's heroism as being something that's determined based on like the position of the person that's being affected by it. So, so, you know, in whose eyes is right. somebody a hero? 
And so one hurt person's hero is another dead person's person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, having seen the movie, Ryan, what do you think? Ryan? Beetlejuice? Hero? Not a hero. Not a hero. Not a hero! His, Please explain. Uh, what he, everything he does is completely self-serving. So he, he expects his the payment back sense. to him. Being that Lydia is going to become his undead bride. He tries oh, to force true. himself onto a normal rider. Oh, yeah. Who's, yeah. You didn't mention I, that. I that yeah, you yeah. forgot, about, forgot that about that part. And mm-hmm. she's like 16. Ew. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So he's a villain. No. Yeah. yeah. He is the Judge Kavanaugh of uh, oh. this movie. Oh, so I'm sorry. It was there. right there. Politics. Um, yeah, no, he's. I he's, about that movie. he's an interesting. I wouldn't even say. Anti-hero, maybe anti-villain, is the is he's the right term. He's just an term? extremely likable villain. Yeah, very, very charismatic villain, like Joker, unequivocally a villain. Extremely likable. Yeah, likable villain. But at the end of the day, to his villain, so not like Kevin. Not like Kevin. Yeah, uh, he's just straight up a villain. I just I don't think he's a hero. He doesn't. At no point is he trying to do anything to serve purposes other than his own. He only takes on the bio exorcism job so he can get a payment out of it and then at the end of the movie he does get his comeuppance and he's waiting in line and what does he do he steals somebody's ticket and he gets his head trunken so he's constantly doing things and then being punished for them um yeah so heroism has to be selfless yes thank you okay i don't i don't know so you know i think that's there's so much more to it then yeah but so that'll bring me on to my first pick for you ryan Mm. a very interesting one i have three but i'll see if michelle monahan has another one or or if a professor has one all the better my very first one ryan is a character extremely dear to you one that we watched recently although in a different form Mm. we have a brilliant man who is perhaps a little bit stymied by his past as well as his proclivities, but he does do acts of good in service of other people in Silence of the Lambs. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Hero, not a hero. He does a lot for Clarice, and because of his help, lives are saved. I'm going to say not a hero for the same reasons. The the purposes he serves are his own. Mm -hmm. Because by... Okay. Okay. So let me break this down. This is gonna get before he mm-hmm. even before any questions of him are like even asked about the case, he gives up the location of Buffalo Bill. Yep. Oh yeah. The very first thing, like, oh, what's the what's the painting? That's the the Belvedere scene from blah blah blah. End of the movie. Fucking Buffalo Bill's caught in Belvedere, Ohio. Mm. So he goes in with his little stupid clues and everything. He could have easily given up the location to Clarice, like immediately but he insists on playing mind games toying with okay. her so hero absolutely not not a hero okay likable villain yeah i like him charismatic villain not here then again i like buffalo bill too yeah oh, he's my favorite character in that movie he's buffalo pretty bill yeah, he's pretty great mm-hmm. jenny thoughts i haven't seen the movie i'm sorry i haven't seen most movies that Let's exist watch that in one the too. world no i'm not watching you that. might have it no, no, no you won't have nightmares it's honestly one of my top scary. 20 if not top it's just 10 a really movies psychological thriller. psychological yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's not it's not jump it's scares not a, it's not it's not gratuitous in its violence and you it's might actually psychological. It's thriller. disturbing in parts. I see it as like a puzzle. Like the first time I saw it, I saw it as a puzzle of mm-hmm. like what's gonna happen. Next. The fingernail always bothered yeah. me. Yeah. Oh. But Michelle Monaghan, do you have another one for no. Ryan? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I I had Beetlejuice. I was okay. That was okay. I have a question for Ryan though. Before sure, we please do. So is it help? Can we separate? So is it 
Is it worthwhile to separate a person being a hero from an act of heroism? Uh, an act of... Like, hero as identity versus hero... Her, something an heroic act, that you do. An act of heroism in my book will often define your character as a hero, but that act of heroism must be selfless. But could a really terrible person do something heroic and, like, that heroic thing not outweigh the actually, like, the whole list of horrible things they've generally done over their life. And so maybe they themselves are not a hero. They're a terrible person who did a heroic thing in a particular moment. Yeah. uh, Hmm. That would, if if there was a specific example, my brain would probably explode because that would be a (laughs) difficult thing for me to have What about the person that he brought up? Which one? Before. the Hannibal Lecter? No. The person who was, like, one of the worst criminals. Oh, Charlie Bronson? Charlie Bronson didn't kill anybody. Oh. He just, like, kicked the shit out of people and committed robberies. Like, eh, I'll forgive He's that. He's not a great guy. I'll forgive that for, mm-hmm. you know, putting himself in danger to... Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. All right, Ryan, so I'll only do one more. I'll save the okay. one for next time. So, we have another anti-hero, perhaps a villain, another criminal. Okay. Um, it is a powerful man who theoretically has only ever done things for himself but then again why would you consider doing something for love something awful even is that necessarily selfish or is that selfless so say for example you become a boss over all crime in town but is out of your own hurt and out of a desire to control to help and you do it also for love therefore from the tv show daredevil wilson fisk the kingpin hero not a hero I don't know that one. I don't. I, I, I think in his own mind, he thinks he's a hero. He's an extremely sympathetic person who often does acts of right. But I don't think he can be labeled a hero. I, I think there. I think there's too many things that. I, like there's Nikolai he, Mr. Promises, who was a hero. Yes, he's but secretly a cop. So I, that. I don't think that the nefarious acts he used to try and get to his hero angle were heroic, and I don't mm. think. Trying to be in control of something so you can have it be the way that you think things should be is heroic. It, it, I'm, I'm completely negating my Dr. Manhattan <laughs> argument, but it Ryan, makes sense I wish in my you watched mind. anime. I have so many examples to throw Wait, your way. Is this a good example of this thing I, yes. the problem exactly. I was just posing to you? Uh, or you could have one like... Uh, I don't think there was a, a defined act of heroism from Wilson Fisk, though. Like Deadshot. Deadshot. So think of Dead. What's his name? Deadshot. Is that his name? From Suicide Squad. Yeah. So mm. like his history of criminality. He shoots people. He's an assassin. He yeah, kills people. For money. He has the moment where he can sh- in that movie of Suicide where Squad. Where he can kill Batman. Yes. Or get he, arrested. No. Or he could. <laughs> he could walk away. Essentially, they could like the city's in total turmoil, and he could walk away. But he knows that if he doesn't do the right thing, that his daughter isn't going to have a life. So does that what, make him what, a hero? What are you talking about? Like when they're like it's the ending of it all and they're kind of like Oh, they're in the bar? Yes, or they're not even in the like that that scene, yes, or when they're coming to the end of it and they're like, Okay, like this This might won't... be a better example of what Jenny was talking about. Yes. So like that's what I'm thinking of. So like the very end of it, they're going against uh what's her name like something witch. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, okay. The witch does not matter. The witch, yes. She's like gonna destroy the whole city and they can all walk away and and be done with it and just be like, We're gonna go see who we wanna see and mm-hmm. we're gonna be criminals and do whatever we're gonna do and they all stay and they fight for like humankind mm-hmm. to make sure that she can't all do right, these yeah, things. 
remove them from someone who's not a hero. Right. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say Deadshot's a hero, okay. at least in the context okay. of that film. Yeah, no, it's solid. There you go. That, that was I was one. trying to give an example mm-hmm. of like no. what I thought you were talking mm-hmm. about. Surprise pick from Michelle Monaghan. <laughs> yeah, in, in the context of that film, Deadshot is a hero. Now, it, it's going to get trickier if you go into comics. And yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, there's I a was lot just more thinking there, but, but, yeah. but Wilson Fisk, not a hero. Wilson Fisk, uh, no clear defined act of heroism that would I negate suppose you're right. I'm trying to think of one. I feel like ranks. it was something he did, but... Yeah, good, good on you. You got me. It's difficult for me to name a hero sometimes. So, yeah, uh, Deadshot, uh, murderous assassin, yeah. hero. hero, Will Smith. <laughs> there you go. Uh, once again, uh, naming a criminal a hero. Yay! Ryan has a skewed. Sense Rocky of Dennis, not a hero. Rocky Dennis, fucked up face kid who inspires hope and caring and love and changes share from a drug addict to a clean, sober living. Yep. Not, not a hero. hero. <laughs> not a hero. Yeah. Okay, oh, that's fine. A hero. Thank you. Uh, You're on my team. All right, Ryan. And everyone here, thank you for playing uh, Hero, Not a Hero. This was fun. That should do it about for today's show. Um, ladies, plugs? Any kind of plugs? What's a plug? Oh, no. anything you want? You don't, do you want anyone to follow you on Instagram? No. Okay. I do not. Do you want anyone to know specifically what you do? No. Okay. No. Fair enough. So. No. I no, just, I want to go to bed. We are the professor, yeah. Michelle Monaghan. <laughs> yes. Good night. <laughs> Gabriel. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please check out the other Top Gallant radio show. It is Slow Readers, your weekly fast-paced literature podcast where Daniel Gonzalez and I discuss literature and literally nothing else ever. We are continuing our series on the first Witcher book, The Last Wish. Ooh. Also playing The Witcher, we're also watching The Deuce. So um, it becomes The Weekly Deuce. It is returned. It is a good time. Oh, season two's out, right? Oh, yeah. Oh. So besides that, please um, rate and review this show and review that show. Give us some stars. Give us some subscriptions. We'd love to hear from you. Um, follow us at Instagram. Instagram at Sex and Violence Pod and follow this show, Sex Plus Violence, on the thing. So just DM us. Like, if you have any suggestions for Hero, Not a Hero, we'd love to have them. Ooh, and yeah, just yeah. check out all of our Top Count Radio stuff. We have two shows, two new shows coming up. So I'm very excited for that. Yay. Ryan, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Tango Like Cash for Yay. pictures of cocktails, my cat, and random goofabouts. Mm-hmm. Please also follow my food truck. B-R-O-G-I-E-S. Food truck. Brogies food trucks. That's on Instagram. You can also find me every Friday, Saturday night at the bookstore Speakeasy, Slingin' Gin and Dorson Sin. Come on in. Talk about movies. Get a drink. 336 Adam Street, Bethlehem, PA. Yeah, that's where Rad. I'm at. All right. I'm Michelle Monahan, Professor. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Yes, thank it you. It is a pleasure every time. Yeah. All right, cool. Six and nine. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Reichel and Gabriel Mara. For more podcasts and content, go to topcountradio.com 